Life Church, so great to be able to connect with you uh, this week as we continue this series in the book of Romans. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 10 through 18. In this series of So Help Me God, we kind of end with this first portion of as we kind of journey through the book of Romans. Today we're talking about a guilty verdict. Now, in any courtroom or any courtroom drama, there is this point when the case has been made, closing arguments have been presented, and now it comes to the judgment. After the judgment, a guilty verdict comes, or a not guilty verdict comes. In In any instance, the verdict comes and there's sentencing. The sentencing, for those who are found guilty, it converts into actionable punishment. It's the kind of the dum-dum-dum-dum. It's that type of a moment in a courtroom drama that kind of plays out. It's, the, it's kind of the, the, the climax of the whole thing of what exactly is going to happen. If you watch a, a TV show that's a courtroom drama, typically at the very last five to ten minutes of the show, it's this point where there's a judgment that's made and either the judge finds them guilty or not guilty and then kind of what the actions are and, and they're either happy because the, the person, justice wins out in the end or, or, or the bad person is incarcerated and in the, in they're kind of taken away. That's what Paul's talking about at this particular point in this passage of the book of Romans. Now, it's kind of where he bottom lines this guilty verdict for all of humanity. It's, it's God's perspective upon humanity, not because he doesn't love us, but because of the truth of the matter. It's kind of that unvarnished truth. It's somewhat uncomfortable as you begin to read this. And um, whether you're a Christ follower or you're not, it's one of those like, wow, this is very sobering. It's in this section that Paul kind of moves to his conclusion in Romans 3.20, where it says that no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law. And so mankind is everyone. You, you can't, uh, you know, no one gets an exemption from this, whether we're all in this, we're all in this together. And so Paul reminds us in this moment that um, every one of us is in need of the gospel. So what I want to do for these next couple of minutes is I want to unpack this guilty verdict. I, I want to talk about, there's a couple of reasons that he lays out why we are found guilty. And then I want to end it, I think, on much of a high note. So, but this is important to understand that all of us, that we are born into a sin nature because sin entered the world through Adam and Eve and their choices to basically sin, which is disobedience to God. In essence, what happens is that we're all born into this. Therefore, we are all kind of coming into this at a guilty verdict. Then, and that's kind of like that seems unfair, except then we all do things. That there's none of us that are righteous, Romans says, and... Um, And that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none of us that are righteous at all. And so the truth of the matter is, even if Adam and Eve didn't mess up, you and I still would and have. And so because of that, we are found guilty. According to the Old Testament, according to the law, according to God's word, if you have one breaking of one law, of one rule of the law, then you're guilty of breaking all of the law. You're no longer perfect. And perfection is what our sin, the ransom for our sin, the payment for our sin requires. Well, I'm not perfect and you're not perfect. And there's no one on the planet that's perfect except for Jesus. 
That's why he's the good news. It's the gospel. And so we are all in need of the gospel because we as humanity, all of mankind, are found guilty because of our own sin. First, the sin nature we're born into. Secondly, our own choices. That guilty verdict, that feeling like you are been found guilty, this is where people wrestle with. Uh, those of us that are Christ followers, we have surrendered ourselves to the fact that, you know what, we're a sinner in need of a Savior and that we believe Jesus is our salvation and we've asked him to come into our heart and come into our life and be our Lord and our Savior. And because of our faith in him, not our good works, but our faith in him, we are saved. Therefore, because of what Jesus has done for us, he paid the penalty for our guilty verdict. Those people that haven't accepted Christ, they kind of view this as a, I don't really know that I'm that guilty. I don't really know that I'm that bad. I don't really know that I believe all of that. And becomes this rationalization of human behavior. Paul begins to make this argument about the guilty verdict and what exactly a guilty verdict means. So the first statement I want to give you is that mankind is guilty in regard to their character. Mankind, that's all of us, is guilty in regard to their character. Look at chapter 3, verse 10, 11, and 12. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. As the scriptures say about him, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. For no one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. And all have turned away, and all have become useless. For no one does good, not a single one. Let's unpack this real quick. Verse 10, to be unrighteous, that's a positional term. Again, this is set up kind of in a courtroom type of a, of a, of, of, of a mindset. To be under sin would be another legal term. We are citizens of sin. Therefore, we are born into this sin. That we, the, just kind of like if you were born in America, you're a citizen of the United States. You didn't really have a choice. This is where you were born. So we're born into this sin nature. There's like a spiritual passport in essence. It's this, this, this sin nature that we're born into, that, that it's our citizenship. And, and, and with that, we have a choice now. Is that passport going to be stamped under sin or under grace? Paul hasn't really introduced grace at this particular portion uh, of, of the teaching, but, but we know that's there because we've already read about it in chapter 1. And we talked about it again last week in the first part of chapter two. And, and, and Paul will get to it, but he's presenting a case where we're all guilty because the bottom line is we are under sin, we are citizens of sin, and therefore we have a choice whether we're going to keep that or whether we're gonna make our citizenship under grace. Verse 10 talks about this, to be righteous, to be unrighteous, to be unrighteous is a positional term. Verse 11, look at this. Be our core nature, excuse me, because our core nature is corrupted by sin, we don't understand God's truth. See, no one is truly wise is a statement that he uses there. It's our thinking does not comprehend truth as it should. Why? Because we're born into a sin nature. We have this skewing. We have this, this it's just, it's, a, it's kind of like that the truth kind of gets corrupted and, and skewed when it kind of processes. It's, it's, it's our own selfish uh, sinful nature that leads us to this distorted view of reality. It's warped. And so therefore, because we're warped, what we receive is warped until, and, and, and we want to rationalize it. And, and that's what Paul is saying. It's no one of us are truly wise because no one of us is truly seeking God. That's what he says. 
Our sin nature actually causes us to run away from God, not to him. In addition, our sin nature is, is also another form of denial. Verse 12, he says that sin can be defined basically by our demand for self-reliance, for the right to choose our own path. Again, just very simply, as we're walking through this, that we are guilty in regard to our character. We're born into this sin. We're born as citizens in, 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 into this sin nature. And therefore, our view becomes warped or becomes colored. It becomes uh, jaded because of that perspective. And if we're not careful, we, we don't quite understand it because we think we're okay because it's all we know. It's our nature. And Paul says that the truth of it is we're not even seeking God and we really can't truly understand that truth without him. Now, the second statement that Paul makes about the reason why we're guilty is that mankind is guilty in regard to conversation. So we're guilty, first of all, by our character, what we're born into. Secondly, we're guilty by our conversation, the words of our mouth, what we say. Look at verse 13 and 14. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Let's unpack this just for a minute. Our conversation, how we talk. Again, from the abundance of the heart, the Bible says the mouth speaks. So if there is goodness inside of me, that comes out. If there is wickedness inside of me, it comes out. It's easier many times to even be, especially when you are not right with the Lord, when you're still living in that sin nature, when you're still, when, when, you're, when you are, are, are there and, and God's not come in and taken that away from you. And even when he has, sometimes our tendency is to be brash and sometimes impulsive with our words and what we say. It's... Um, it's easier to do that. It's easier to be critical than it's kind of to speak the truth in love. And, uh, and we find this a lot of times even in the world in which we live in, in social media. People say things digitally that they would never say face-to-face, person-to-person. And so it's, it's this, where does that come from? Where does that, like sometimes have you ever uh, been in a situation where all of a sudden something just came out of your mouth and you're like, I don't know where that came from. It's, it's us. It's our own sin nature. It's, it's our unregenerate self. It's just spewing this out. It's easier to, to lie even to protect our own interests and, and at the same time damage others. Uh, it's easier to gossip sometimes and, than to have a healthy uh, conflict resolution. Again, what he's saying is, is look at what they're saying. Look at how and they, being people that haven't given their heart and life to Christ, look at how they communicate. Look at the words of their mouth. They're guilty because their mouth is telling you what their heart, what's inside their heart. Third statement, mankind is guilty in regard to their conduct. Look at verse 15, 16, 17, and 18. For they rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follows them. They do not know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Wow. Wow. This shows how sin affects our relationships, our life. Murder, in verse 15, literally seeking to destroy other people. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. It's just the way it is. It's just business. 
That could be metaphorically. That, that could also be literally. Physically, there is physical violence, or it can be a verbal assault against someone, just trying to destroy the competition, trying to destroy someone else, trying to run down someone else. Where does that come from? It comes from the fact that we are guilty of our sin. Misery, verse 16. This is a result of ourself. Again, it's me first. And, and when it, life is always about me and I'm not about other people, it's very, very, very a quick path to depression and to just a very nasty, uh, tainted, jaded view of life. You'll even talk to people in, in mental health circles and psychologists and, and counselors, and they'll tell you uh, many times what you can do to help lift your own self if you're depressed or you're in a funk is you're, you're overly thinking about you. You're, you're overly focused on you. You need to take energy and focus on helping someone else. Take energy and help serving someone else. And in volunteering and in serving, i.e. getting the attention off of you and onto someone else, it begins to lift your own spirit. Again, our spirit... Our sin nature says it's all about me. But the truth of the matter is it's not all about you. It's about others. And when we take care of others, then God takes care of us. The no peace, look at verse 17, the no peace. This is seeking validation apart from the gospel. This is trying to find solutions and answers apart from the gospel because there's no peace within ourselves. Uh, then, then if we can't have peace with ourselves, we can't have peace with others. And if we can't have peace with ourselves and with others, we definitely don't have any peace with God. The only way to have peace is through, is, is through Jesus. The only way to truly live in peace is through Jesus. It's a fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace. It's a result, not from a sin nature. It's a result from a from, from our sins being cleansed, our sins being washed away, Jesus being Lord of our life, and us crucifying our sin nature and giving our lives to Christ. And verse 18 says, the ultimate danger within our self-centered sin nature is a disregard for God and no reverence of him. Ultimately, there's just a complete disregard. So I wanna close with this. As we kind of unpack today and we see that we're guilty because of conduct and we're guilty because of conversation and we're guilty because of our own character. There's an answer. There's a hope. If we look at this and we read this, and even as I was working on this, I thought, wow, this is pretty heavy. This is because the truth can sometimes be a tough pill to swallow. But if you really look at it, and you don't try to conceal it, and you allow the Holy Spirit to kind of look and work in your own heart, what you find is, is yeah, I am those things. Without Jesus, I am all about me. Without Jesus, I am really for the demise of others, for the building up of myself. Without Jesus, the things that I say become coarse and, 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 and mean and demeaning and bitter. Without Jesus, um, yeah, man, I, my character and my conversation and my conduct is just all warped. And that all comes from that sin nature that I was born into. And quite frankly, that sin nature that I give into from time to time, if I really am truthfully honest. So I am guilty. I, I don't have an excuse. I, I don't have, I mean, you know, there are times that I do what I don't want to do and the things that I don't want to do, I, I do. And, and it's just, it's this war Paul says with inside of me. And it's tough. 
And I would encourage you to just take a couple minutes and just to reflect and say, God, search my heart and help me. I would, I would, you know, because the truth of the matter is, is that this sin nature that we have inside of all of us, this guilty, it's ugly, but we all have it. But the good news is there's hope. God has a plan. God didn't leave us there. So why would Paul spend time talking about this? Because it's truth. The truth of the matter is I can't, receive salvation unless I know that I am in need of a savior. I can't receive Jesus. I, I, you know, like, let's just say this way. If, if I'm in denial that I'm drowning, I, I can't, no one can rescue me. If I'm in denial that I'm, I'm dying, no, no one can, can, can heal me. If, if I'm in denial that, that I have this issue, no one can help me. Have you ever tried to help somebody who tells you that there's not a problem and they got this under control? You ever try to talk to an addict who just says, no, no, I'm okay, I'm fine. You just don't understand. I, I'm good, I'm okay. Truth of the matter is, is that until I recognize the truth that I'm guilty, that I'm drowning, that I am hopeless and helpless without God, until I get to that place, I don't find hope. I don't find help. I don't find salvation. So Paul sets this up to say, look, good news is we're all in this together. Bad news is we're all in this together. But when I recognize that, then I can get help. Until I recognize that, I'm just fighting and I, my mouth is spewing things and, and, and I have no reverence of God according to verse 18 and, and my conduct and my conversation and, and my character, it just keeps exuding all of this nastiness. But when I come to the end of me, then I can receive God's plan, God's hope. This is, Paul sets this up to say, hey, here's the problem, but I'm not showing this to focus on the problem. I'm showing it to focus on the solution, on the answer, which is Jesus. I want to remind you of this, and I want to go back to this. Romans 1, it's the very first pivotal scripture that we read in this series, verse 16 and 17. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. For it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile, so everyone. Verse 17, for the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. That's the good news. The, good, the truth of the matter is, is I am guilty. The truth of the matter is, is that I am lost. The truth of the matter is, is that I'm hopeless and helpless without Jesus. The good news, the gospel is that God didn't leave me there. God sent his one and only son to die on a cross for me. My sin, my guilt, my guilty verdict required a perfect sacrifice. I'll never be perfect. I'll never measure up to perfect. No one will, but Jesus did. That's the reason why Jesus had to die on the cross in our place. Because he who knew no sin became sin for you and I so that we might become right with God. Someone had to pay for our guilty verdict. When the sentencing comes down, someone has to pay for our guilty verdict, for our sin. I can't pay, you can't pay, but Jesus can because he's perfect without sin. 
You and I, that's what Paul's showing us in our character, in our conversation, in our conduct. In every way we look, we're sinful. We're guilty. But Jesus is not. So Jesus comes and dies on the cross in our place. Jesus comes and takes care and pays for that guilty verdict. And in doing so, we're given life today and forever. Verse 17 says, it's by faith through Jesus. Not of you, not of me, but through Jesus. He paid it all. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. I once was guilty, but now I'm found. Now I'm saved. I was blind, but now I see. So today, regardless where you are, regardless what's going on, know God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. Know that you're guilty, but we all are. And so if you're, if, if you're a Christ follower, I would rejoice in the fact that thank you, Jesus, for changing my character and my conduct and my conversation. And I would look at those barometers in time to time in my life and go, how's my conversation? So that stuff doesn't, sin doesn't slip back in and I don't allow it a place in my life and what I say and what I do and how I act. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, really simple. All you need to do right where you are is just simply say these words, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm guilty of my sin and I can't pay the price. Would you come, come into my heart, come into my life, be my Lord and be my savior today. Take my sin away, I give you my life. If you pray those simple words and you believe that you will be saved, period. That's the reason why Paul presents it. It's not to condemn us, but to save us. I'm gonna pray for you right now. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Lord, I just thank you today for your word. I thank you, God, for the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, of the truth of your word. You, you don't pull back the truth on us, but rather you tell us the truth. We are guilty of sin. And we see the guilt of our sin in our own conversation, in our character and in our conduct. But you, Lord, loved us so much that you gave your one and only son, Jesus. And Jesus, you loved us so much that you died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave, just like the Bible says. And if there's any of us that are watching today that don't have a relationship with you, that aren't in right relationship with you, that, are, that have never owned our own guilty verdict, right now, we can just simply say these words, Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Take this guilty verdict away for I am guilty of my sin and I'm in need of a savior. Be my Lord and my savior today. If we pray that prayer, we can know that Jesus, we're right with you and that you've paid the price for our guilty verdict and that we've accepted that you've paid the price. You paid it but we accept it. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the hope that we have. Thank you that though we all may be guilty, we are pardoned, not because of ourselves, but because of faith in Jesus Christ. Help us to go and live this hope that you've put inside of us and the world that we live in, in Jesus' name, amen.